Today's what? Where does it start? Today's daf is daf lamid. We're going to start at the Mishnah on the top of daf lamid amun aleph. The Mishnah shofet. So today we're going to talk about if uh, when a person is chayiv for damage that's done by water that uh, that he left in Rosh Hashanah. We're going to talk about uh, how to hide uh, thorns or glass so that they won't cause damage in order to make sure that you don't leave something that could be a hazard for other people. Right before the Mishnah, the second Mishnah, the Gemara is going to talk about if you want to be a chassid, what area of learning should you focus on. It's going to have three different suggestions. Then the next mission is going to talk about damage after you were motzi berushus, which means that you took something uh, and, and and you had every right to believe something in a rishus rabim and then uh, caused damage. So are you going to be chayiv for such damage? On Ahmed Bez, we're going to have machlokas. If people can take whatever you leave in a rishus rabim, meaning if they're allowed to take the whole item that you left in a rishus rabim because you left it there, or are they only allowed to take what, whatever it increased in value as a result of it being in a Rosh Hashanah. And strangely, we're going to connect that to Hilcha's ribis on uh, one level, to the halachas of charging ribis. And uh, then we're going to try to connect to another machlokas tanaim to that issue as well. If atu shivchan, do we say that uh, when you leave something in Rosh Hashanah, a person is allowed to take the whole thing, or they're only allowed to take whatever enhanced value it has from being in the Rosh Hashanah. So let's get started at the Mishnah Dav Lamed Amal. Says the Mishnah Someone spills out water in Rosh Hashanah and someone gets hurt by it, he's chayiv in the damages that it causes. If a person hides thorns or shards of glass or a person builds his fence with thorns sticking out of it, or a fence fell down into the Rosh Hashanah, the fence around your property falls down into the Rosh Hashanah, and other people get hurt from it, chayev biniskan, you're chayev for all the damage that that causes. Says the Gemara, Amarav lo shanu el dinit nufu kelev bimayim, aval huatzmo potter, karka olam izikaso. Now when do we say that you're chayev if you were spilled water in the Rosh Hashanah and someone got hurt by it? That's only if someone's clothing or kelim got damaged by the water. But if the person himself got damaged by slipping on the water, then you are potter because we assume that it is the karka olam that damaged him, it is the ground that damaged him, it is the impact on the ground that caused the damage and not you, the person who had uh, put out the water. It's not the bar that you left for Shosaram that damaged him. Rav says, well, wait a second. Let it at least be like refes. So what does that mean, let it at least be like refes? So Rashi explains on the top. Let's say you put out some or in the Rosh Hashanah. Aren't you chayev for damages that it does if you're not mafkir and you just leave it in the Rosh Hashanah? So in our Mishnah also, it's the same thing. It's like Refes, because you spilled water, the water mixed with dirt, it became mud, and that's what did the damage. And it's yours. How do I know it's yours? Because we said that we're talking about where Kalim get damaged. It must be that you were never mafkirit, because if you were mafkirit, if you didn't own the water anymore, then the halacha would be that it would have a din of a bar. The only way you could be chayiv is if it has 
din of a bar. Otherwise, the the uh, you can't be chayiv for something that's not yours. But yet we're saying that you're going to be chayiv for kalim over here. If you're chayiv for kalim, kalim is putter in a bar. Your bar damages kalim. You're putter. So it must be that we're talking about that you're still the owner of it. So if you're still the owner of it, so why shouldn't you be chayiv for the damages that it causes? Let it at least be just like refes. So says me What you think we're talking about a case where the the water is still there? No, the water is all absorbed. The water is all gone already, and that's why you're not going to be chayiv because your water that you left there is not there to damage him anymore. Frek tells us the obvious kasha. About five lines in. So if it's tamumaya, if the water is not really there anymore, it's all absorbed in the ground, then obviously you were mafkirit because you have no use for it anymore. You can't collect it anymore if it's all absorbed in the dirt. So then it should be a bar, and a bar, your putter from damage done to Caleb in a bar. It says, No, it's not. The water is still somewhat there. It's not, uh, it's not as present, but the water is still, uh, still somewhat there, and, and that's why you're, uh, you're, going to be, you're going to be chayv. Now, Tosos, and Low asks, why is it that previously on Davchavches, on the Mishnah of Huchlak Echad B'mayim, that someone slipped on the water, Rab said that you're only Chayiv on, on Nizke Kalim over there also, that you're only Chayiv on Kalim that get damaged. Why didn't the Gemara over there also ask, Lo Yehei Ela Karifsha, let it be like Refes? How come it's only over here on this Mishnah that we say, Lo Yehei Ela Karifsha? So Tos suggests two Terutzim. First, he says that over there we're talking about that it spilled Shalobi Kavana. Uh, you didn't spill it on purpose, you were just walking with a jug of water and you dropped it, and it broke, and water spilled out, so you don't have to say that it became refes, but in our mission we're talking about that you were shofech mayim, so if you were shofech bekavana, certainly you were trying to do something, you're trying to create cement, you're trying to create uh, refes, you're trying to do, so therefore it's, by definition, you must have created a situation of refes in our Mishnah, and that's why the Gemara asks let it at least be like refes, then it also suggests that the Mishnah was talking about where Huchla, the Mishnah previous so it could be that the, uh, the, that, that the water didn't do the nezek by itself, it just caused someone to slip. But our Mishnah says, Huzak bimayim, that the person actually got damaged by the water, that it wasn't that he slipped on the water, then he got damaged by the ground. The water itself did the damage. So in our Mishnah, how does water do the damage? It must be that it was mud, it was cement, it was gross, and that's what damaged him. But uh, in, the, in the previous Mishnah, there was no hechrech at all that that's what happened. It could just be that the guy slipped on the water. Okay, says the Gemara Vaiter, Vitarti Lamali. Why do I need both of these? Both of what? Says Rashi. Lashmi to let me know in our Mishnah that if your Kalim get ruined by this mud, that the guy is going to be Chayiv Tanina El Nishbrak We already had a Mishnah that if a guy is walking with a jug of water and Rishus Rabbin it breaks, and someone slips on the water, and over there also Rav says that the case was that you were not Mafkirit and someone's Kalim got ruined, someone's clothing or Kalim got ruined. So why do we need two Mishnahis tell me the same thing that if there's water in Rosh Hashanah because of your own negligence or your own dropping something and you are not mafkirit and then someone's kalim got ruined that you're going to be chayv tarti lamali answers the Gemara I'll tell you why we need both one to tell me that you're chayv during the summertime and one to tell me that you're chayv during the wintertime the Mukiyosev explains that there's a 
chiddush in each one of those. Meaning, if it would have only said, if it would would have only said that during the summertime you're going to be chayiv, I would have said that yes, yeah, only during the summertime you're chayiv because during the summertime you have no right to dump things out into the rishus rabim. But during the winter time, they made a takana that it's mutter to pour water out into the rishus rabim. So I would have thought you're potter. And if it only would have told me during the winter time that you're chayiv, I would have said yeah because that's the 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 uh, it's only in the winter time that you're chayiv because you obviously poured it there on purpose. But in the summertime, um, the, 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 I'm sorry, during the wintertime, you're chayiv only if you pour it on purpose. But in the summertime, you should be chayiv even if you do shaloba kavana, even if you didn't purposely put it there because you have no right whatsoever to put it there in the summertime. So I might have thought even shaloba kavana. That's why the Tana wants to teach me that no, in both cases, both in the summertime and the wintertime, you're chayiv, but only if you were shofech bekavana, if you poured the water there bekavana. So that's why I need to mishnayis, no matter what season of the year it is. Now, where do we get this idea that in the wintertime it's okay? You're allowed to just dump water in Shisram during the wintertime? Says Gmar, yeah, it's exactly correct. Titania. We have a price. A kolel shamru, poskin bibosayin, v'gorfin morosayin, bibosachama, einlan rishos, ubimosachishamim, yeshlam rishos. When we say that your gutters could dump out into Rishasarabim, or even your sewage could dump out into Rishasarabim, that's during the wintertime you're allowed to, during the summertime you're not allowed to. And even though you're allowed to do it during the wintertime, if they damage, <coughs> ultimately you're going to have to pay for the damages that it causes. Good. Vaiter in the Gemara. The Mishnah said that if a person hides dangerous material in, uh, in, in, or, or glass and, uh, and, and, and then uh, or he builds a fence with any of these things, then he's going to be hired for the damages that it causes. That when we said that if you build a fence and it has thorns sticking out of it, that you're going to be chayiv, that's only if the thorns stick out and encroach into the Rosh Hashanah. They stick out into the area of the Rosh Hashanah. But if what you did is you, you, you recessed your wall into your property a little bit, so the thorns that are sticking out don't actually encroach into the Rosh Hashanah, it's mamish on the border, then you're going to be potter. My time of potter. Why would you be potter? Because normal people don't walk up so close, right to the edge of the Rosh Hashanah, where they're uh, they're gonna they're they're gonna rub against the walls on the side. Rabbi Razam was just asking this morning, and maybe nowadays the chazak would change because everyone walks while they're texting, so they walk into walls, they walk through walls, they walk. So uh, maybe maybe they walk with their shoulders rubbing against the wall. Also, I don't know. Got to figure it out. Tana Rabbana. Bryce says as follows. Let's say you have some dangerous material and you're trying to figure out a safe place to keep it. So you see a big, thick wall that your friend has. So you stick these thorns or these shards of glass inside that wall. Great, so you think it's safe now, right? The owner of the wall comes and he destroys, he knocks down his wall. Now all this dangerous material is all over the Rosh and it and it damaged someone got hurt by it. So who's chayiv? Is it the guy who hid that that material, or is it the owner of the wall who knocked down his wall? Chayiv amatzniya. The one who hid it in the first place is going to be chayiv. That's only if he hid it in a, a, a wall that was clearly a weak wall already. The wall was obviously on its last legs. But if it looked like a good, solid, strong wall, hamatzniya patr. The guy who hid the glass or the 
thorns in that wall is going to be part of it. He did nothing wrong. The chayiv balakosel, the balakosel is going to be chayiv for knocking down that wall. Amravina Zosa Meris Ravina says, wow, so if that's the case, then it would follow that a machasa boro bidolio shal chavero, that if I have a bar and I take your kli to cover my bar to protect people from falling in or animals from falling in, so I cover it with your kli. And then the owner of that kli, the owner of the bucket comes and he grabs his bucket away and he re-exposes the bar. Now it's not his bar, it's my bar. I'm the one that dug the bar there. But I used his kli to cover it. Now he removed that kli. It should turn out that chayiv balabar, that the balabar is going to be chayiv because uh, he's, the, he's the one that, uh, that had no right to, uh, to that, that, that caused the damage in the first place. He's the one that, that was, the, so even though there was something protecting it from the damage, the baladli had the right to, uh, to, to take away his duli. If you look at Rashi, chayiv balabar this is exactly the case of putting the thorns in the wall. Tahainu bar because the ru'ua shel chaveiro, the 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 thorns are like a bar, and you put it in a kosel ru'ua shel chaveiro. The sasser says koslo, and the guy knocked down his wall. The chayiv hamatznia, the one who put the uh, the thorns in there, is going to be chayiv. So v'hachanam you'll hear it also. Ibayle l'suke adaitish says yitol zdolio, just like the guy who hid the thorns in a bad wall should have thought and realized that maybe this guy this wall is going to come down soon. The guy who who dug the bar and covered it with someone else's bucket should have realized someone might come and take back his bucket soon. So that's what it follows. Says Mar Pshita, isn't that obvious to make that connection between the case of the bar and this case? Says I might have thought that over there by the case of the thorns, you don't even know who to inform about the thorns when you want to knock down your wall. But over here where you know who the guy is, you should have let him know that uh, when you're going to take back your bucket, you should have let the balabar know that uh, you're taking back the bucket and you're going to leave, and you're going to leave this, uh, this, this exposed bar. So, kamash mulan. That's why it has to tell me that in both cases the Allah is going to be the same. Tosrid writes that even if the balakosal saw the thorns and he knocks down his wall, I mean, we said that if it was a kosal ru'ua, the balakosal is always going to be pater. If it was a bad wall, balakosal. Says Tosrid, what if he knew that there were thorns there? He knew that there was glass there. It wasn't like by accident he just knocked down his wall and the thorns. He says, even even so, you're going to be buttered because he's just trying to knock down his wall. The coats him fell on the road. That's it's uh, it's not it's it's not him that's going and uh, digging the bar. It was the other guy that left it there. So just like a person doesn't have to, you see someone else, you see that someone else dug a bar on uh, Central Avenue. You don't have to go fill in that bar. It'd be a nice thing. You'd be a good person if you did it, but you, it's not your responsibility. So too, this guy left a bar in your wall. It's not your responsibility to remove that bar. And his raya is from the fact that the Gemara makes this comparison. To that if the baladli comes and takes his lead, the balabar is going to be chayiv. Even though the baladli sees, clearly he sees when he takes his lead that he's leaving a bar exposed. So you see that it's the same thing over here as well. That clearly, even even if you see that when you're knocking down your bad wall, you're leaving that 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 mazik exposed. Still, you're allowed to do it. So the price teaches us, here's how really good people dealt with uh, dangerous materials that they had in their position, in their possession. The Chasidim used to dig in their own fields 
three tfachim deep and bury it more than three tfachim deep under the ground because when they would plow the fields, the plow would only get three tfachim deep and they didn't want to bring up this dangerous material so they would bury it deep underground as a way to make sure that their dangerous materials aren't going to hurt anyone. Rav Sheshes, Shadilu Benura. Rav Sheshes would burn it. Rava, Shadilu Bediglas. Rava would throw it in the river. Amrav Yudah. Once we're talking about Chasidim Arishonim, so here's some advice. If you want to be a Chasid, you should uh, fulfill the words of Nezikin, which was understood to mean you should learn Nezikin. Learn Seder Nezikin, you'll be a Chasid. Rava Amar, Milita Avos. Then you learn Avos. You learn Pirkei Avos, you'll be a Chasid. And some say that the best thing to learn is to learn Brachos. The Marshall here explains that why dafka these three areas of life. So it's uh, well known that all mitzvahs are generally broken down into two categories. There's bin adam lechaveru, bin adam But the Grad Mishle and the Marsha here, Baba Kama says that there are really three categories: bin adam lechaveru, bin adam and bin adam laatzmo. And each of these represent another one of those categories. As the Rav Yudha says, you want to be a chassid, be mekayim mili dinazikin, meaning make sure that you don't damage other people, you don't hurt other pe- other people. That Rav says, Mili Avos, make sure your midos are good, you perfect yourself in terms of your. That's Ben Adam, La'atzmo. Mili de Brachos, to say Brachos properly, Davin properly, Ben Adam, La'makom. So these are, it's all three, they work together. It's not a Machlokas, which one or the other. Yeah, it works out nicely. The Rashba writes that some say that each of these three things, Mizik and Avos and Brachos, have some comment about being a Chassid associated with them. By Mizik, we just had Chassid. The Chasidim, Chasidim Arishonim. We find in Pirkei Avos in the second paragraph, If you say what's mine is yours and what's yours is yours, that person is called Chasid. So you see the term Chasid. And by Brachos we say Chasidim Arishonim. How you show in Shah Achas and Uspalulim that the Chasidim Arishonim used to wait an hour before davening. So in each of these areas we talk about Chasidim. That's why it's Chasidus. But my favorite word over here is Ben Yoyada. Ben Yoyada says it's not just Mekai. Nezikin, Mekayim Avos, Mekayim Brachos, Mekayim Mili Dinezikin. What are Mili? Mili are words. And he says that's based on what the Gemara says in Moikatan. Bris Krusalis Fasayim. Words are very powerful. A person will say something, Bishogeg, and he's not even going to realize that he's saying something that's going to cause a very great damage. That's Mili Dinezikin. A person should be careful that his words shouldn't hurt anybody if you want to be a Chassid. Mili Da Avos means that you look at how the Avos used to speak. Speak. They would speak even though they were gedoleolim. They would speak to everyone with tremendous anivus, with shiflus, and that's mili daavos that we should speak like the avos used to speak. Mili de brachos refers to a person should take musrahaskel to be mekayim in himself. Motzi to, to, to the, the mili de brachos say a hundred brachos every day. The brachos of Shimon Esra every day with kavana. You want to be a chassid and have these mili these words should come out uh, appropriately. Elliot Rabbi just raises the question. That it sounds in the Gemara that someone's Mekayim Mili de Brachos is called a Chassid. But if he's not Mekayim, it sounds like, okay, so you're not a Chassid. What do you mean? If you're not Mekayim Mili de Brachos, if you don't say Brachos, then you're a Russia. The Gemara says in Brachos of Laman, hey, anyone who's Nana Minolam is a blood Bracha, it's, uh, he's a Chavar Hulish Mashkis. He's a terribly destructive, horrible, awful person. So how can you say, oh, but if you do it, you're a Chassid? No, what's a regular guy? Like, well, what's the standard? Standard, I would think, would be to say brachos. So what do you mean you're a chassid when you say brachos? So Eli Rabbi says, when we say that, that, that um, to be mekayim, mili de brachos, it means to make sure you get the right bracha. 
it shouldn't be one of those shahakal Jews. That, ah, I don't know a bracha, I don't know a bracha. Make okay, shahakal, just make a shahakal and everything. No, don't make a shahakal. Don't rely on making a shahakal and everything. Try to find out what the actual bracha is and make the correct bracha and everything. And then you're really mekayim mili de brachos. That's a person who's a chassid. That's what the Ali Rabbi says. Okay, new Mishnah. Hamotzi has tivna v'kashal A person takes out his tevin or his kash, his straw, his hay, into the rishasaram, in order to make manure out of it. You need people to step on it with their wet and gross feet. And then it becomes into something that's usable for manure. And then someone got damaged by the fact that this was sitting there. And the Rosh Hashanah, for damage that you did. Zacha. And anyone who, uh, who, who gets to it first is allowed to take it. Rabbi Shemulam Leel says, Anything that's, uh, that's destructive, that's left out of Rosh Hashanah, and it does damage, you have to pay for it. But anyone who wants to take it for themselves is Zacha, they're allowed to, uh, to take it, to take it from, from, from them, for themselves. The Gemara is going to discuss what exactly is the Tanakam Rosh Arguing about right, they they both say that anything that you leave out in a rishus haram that does damage, you're chayiv, and other people are allowed to take it. So what are they? Um, uh, yeah. So if you're moving manure around in rishus haram from one place to another, and then someone gets hurt by it, you're chayiv for the damage that was done by it. But you're not allowed to take it. <coughs> allowed to take it. So uh, well. If you leave the manure out in the reshut, well, over here we're talking about you're not the one that left it there. You were just moving it around. So then you're going to be chayv. Says the Gemara, Our Mishnah seems to be against Rabbi Yudah. The Tanya, we have a bracer, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, During the period of the year where people typically take out zevel, take out things to make manure in the Rosh Hashanah, you're allowed to leave a pile there for 30 days, so that uh, people could trample all over it and animals can trample all, all over it. Because it was under such a condition that Yeshua was manchel Eretz Yisrael, meaning Eretz Yisrael belonged to all the Jewish people, right? But then we divided it up. You get this, you get that, you're going to have your house, each Shevet's going to get their portion. But one of the conditions are that while we still, we're still all the owners of it, we can all agree that everyone's going to have rights to leave Zevel in Rosh Hashanah. That was one of the, the rights that, that everyone is going to have in the Rosh Hashanah. The Bach just points out in Choshen Mishpat, Simitav Yudalin, that the hatred to be most into Rosh Hashanah is even if, if, if it smells, even if it's so disgusting, you, you have it's Zevel, it's manure, it's going to smell. He says this is not like Ashan or Abes Hakisei, where the Gemara says, uh, and then the Paskins, that it's also to put out in Rosh Hashanah, because those are things that stay for a long time, but over here, this is a 30-day period of the year, where it's understood things are going to smell for a little bit during this uh, this 30-day period of the year. And also, you can't, you, you, you can't, you can't live without it, because everyone needs to have this. It's the only way to make manure and the only way to, to, to make your field, your field work. But Beisakisei, you can put somewhere else, you don't have to put right by the Rosh Hashanah. Okay, so says the Gemara, so don't you see that this is our mission is against Rabbi Yehuda because Rabbi Yehuda seems to say that it's totally fine, so you shouldn't be chayiv for any of the nezek. Says Gemara, 
Tim Rabbi Yehuda. Moreover, Rabbi Yehuda Shem Hizik Mishalim Mashi Hizik. No, our Mishnah is going like Rabbi Yehuda. But Rabbi Yehuda agrees that if it, does, if it does damage, then you have to pay for the damage that's done. Meaning you're allowed to put it there, but then it's a calculated risk. You put it there, but then if it does damage, you have to pay for it. Says Maravatanan, but didn't the Mishnah say Rabbi Yehuda Amar Benarchana Kapater that if you left your Ner Chanukah right outside your doorway and a, a camel, a laden camel walked by and his bundle got caught on fire and then that bundle burnt the whole building down. Um, so you're going to be Pater because you have every right to leave your candle out there. So my love, Mishum Rishos Bezin, isn't it because, don't we, isn't the, the assumption that Rebuda is saying that the reason you're Pater is that you have a right to leave your candle there. So therefore, in our case, it should mean that if you have a right to leave it there, by definition, you're Pater. That's how Rebuda explains the candle. If you have a right to leave it there, that, that by definition means that you're Pater. So how can you say that Rebbe Yudha is saying in our Mishnah, that Rebbe agrees with our Mishnah, and he's saying, oh, you're allowed to leave it there, but you're going to bear the responsibility of anything that happens. He says, no, no, no. Ner Chanukah is different. Lo mishum rishus mitzvah. Over there, it's not just that you're allowed to do it. It's a mitzvah to do it. That's why you're potter. But if it's just stam rishus that you could put it out there, then you're going to be chayef. Tashima, so we bring another right. Kolelu shomer mutar lekalkal b'rishus rabim imeziku chayav l'shalim v'rabiu to poter. But we have another brayse that says explicitly that these things you're allowed to leave in rishus rabim. You you bear responsibility for damage that they do, but Rabbi Yudha says Pater. So don't you see that Rabbi Yudha says that you're Pater? It's against our Mishnah. Our Mishnah might even agree with Rabbi Yudha, but our Mishnah is talking about not during that 30-day period of the year where you have the right to leave it there. Ravashi Amar Tivno Mishum That in the Mishnah it's talking about you're going to be Chayev because you left particularly slippery items there. When you leave things that are notably slippery, that's where it's going to be a bigger problem and even Rabbi Yehuda would say that you're chayiv but then the Mishnah said whoever wants to take it for themselves they can go and take it for themselves what does it mean they can take it for themselves it means they can take the whole thing you left all this menorah out of the Shisham someone can go in and say alright I win today's my lucky day and take it all home for himself Ziri says, no, 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 no. If it, you left $100 worth of stuff out there in the hopes that by people trampling on it, it will, it will go up in value and it will, now be, it will now be worth $150, a person can come and take $50 worth of it. But they cannot take the full $150. Ziri on Meshivchan of Lobogufan. So what are they arguing about? Rav says that we make a knas on the, that you, get, you lose even the Goof, even the, the item that you initially left there, uh, on account of the shevach that we make, it, that, that, that you're going to lose out on. Uziri suffer low kansugufa from Mishum Shevchan. Uziri says, now we're not, just, we, we can make the kanas and limit it to the shevach, where we don't have to include the goof in the kanas as well. The kanas could be just on the extra, just on the profit, and not on the original. So this is machloka samarayim. When you leave these items out in Rishasram and other people are allowed to take them, are they allowed to take all of it, or are they only allowed to? Take that which had increased in value. Tonight we have a Mishnah, our Mishnah. You're moving manure around Rosh Hashanah and someone got damaged from it, you're Chayiv in the damages. Ooh, your Kasha. It doesn't say over there, Kalakodem, 
Kasha, and I forgot when you asked that Kasha that uh, the Gemara asks it. Right? The Gemara says, right? And Rashi explains, why Mishum Teklal Zeurei Ve'inu Mashpiach Ramu? Ooh, that's the real answer. Because over there, what's that talking about? It's talking about where it's already manure. It's not going to get any better by being in Rosh Hashanah. So what's there to take? So don't you see, this is a Raya that all you're allowed to take is the Shavach. And that's why there's nothing to take when there's no Shavach. So you see, it's a Raya against Rav. It's a Raya to Ziiri. Says, Nah, maybe since it already mentioned in the Resha that you're allowed to take, it meant in the Seifa also, we're supposed to understand on our own that we're allowed to take. But don't make a diuk that you're not allowed to take. But didn't it say, don't we have a Brysa that says about that last line that it's Asur Mishum Gezel that you're not allowed to take it? So, Asur Mishum Gezel, no, no, no. When it says a Mishum Gezel, it means that once that first guy who decided to take it takes it, no one else is allowed to take it from him. It would now be Gezel to take it from him. That's what it means, a Mishum Gezel. Not that no one's allowed to take it. When it's in the Rosh Hashanah, so good. Whoever's the first one to take it, takes it. Yeah, yeah, but he's the one that's Zolcha. It now becomes his. Anyone else tries to take it, they lose out. It's not what it says in our Mishnah. It's like that. It's a Tanan. If you take out your straw and your hay in order to make manure, and someone gets damaged by it, you're chayiv in the damages, and anyone who wants to take it can take it, and it's mutter mishum gezel, but, so you see that there's a difference between the early cases in the Mishnah and the case of moving the manure around. Don't tell me that Asr Mishum Gezel is going on all the cases in the Mishnah and it's saying, oh, once a guy owns it, then the rest is Asr, then it's Asr Mishum Gezel from him. No, because the, the, the Mishnah is explicit over here that in the earlier cases of the Mishnah, it's Mutter Mishum Gezel. In this last case, it's Asr Mishum Gezel. So, Ram Nachman Yisra Galal Karamis. He says, no, you can't ask a kasha from the case of Galal. I mean, why do we bring this case of Galal? We wanted to make a deal, right? We wanted to say, oh, the reason that it doesn't say in the Mishnah that Kalakodim uh, Zacha, by the case of the Galal, is because you, it must be because all you're ever really allowed to take is the Shevach. You're not allowed, never allowed to take more than the Shevach, and there is no Shevach by Galal. Says the Gemara, yeah, that's true. But, but that there's no shevach by galal, and therefore you're not allowed to take anything by the galal. But by the case of the tevin, where there is shevach, once you're allowed to take the shevach, you're also allowed to take the the, the rest of it as well. That's the knas that kansu gufo atu shivcha means that once you're taking the shevach, you can take the item itself. By the galal, there is no shevach, so you can't take anything. So Rav Rav says you could take the guf and the shevach. Will say, yeah, by a case where there is Shevach, you could take the Shevach, and once you're taking the Shevach, you could take the Guf as well. But where there is no Shevach, Rav would agree, you can't take anything. When we say that we made this knas, that you're allowed to take the item itself on account of the fact that you're allowed to take the shevach, what if you get there before it's actually improved? You, you know it's put there to go up in value, but you got there before it was actually improved. Are you allowed to take it right away? Because anyway, someone's going to be allowed to take it once it, once it once it goes up in value. So can you take it right away before it ever went up in value? Or is it no? Only once there is shevach, only then that knas 
plays a role. The Rosh writes that since this, the Gemara is never poshate this suffix, the Gemara never answers this suffix, so we're not motzi mamun from the original Bailam. So if you go in your tofis, it's not going to help. The original Bailam, motzi mechavero lavaraya, the original Bailam is, uh, gets to keep it. But the Raman Paskins, that, no, the original Bailam gets to keep it, but if you are tofis, if you go and you take it, so we're not going to take it back from you, the, uh, because motzi mechavero lavaraya. So anyway, it's, and it's a suffix. So says Gemara, tashma, that from the uh, from the fact uh, sorry, from from the from uh, Rashi explains from the fact that uh, we asked the, the the kasha of Golol on Rav, we asked that as a kasha on Rav, sounds like Rav holds that even right away you're allowed to take it. Because if it's after the Shavach already happened, then how can you ask the stira between the Golol case and the earlier parts of the Mishnah? How could the Gemara have even thought to ask that? It's so obviously different. The Golol has no Shavach. The other cases do have Shavach. So it must be that Rav would hold that, that you're allowed to take the Guf even before before the Shavach comes, and that's why we're able to ask the stira between the Shavach and the Galal. Says Gemara, V'tizbara kiyayrina galal mikaymei delishni Rav Nachman. L'basa d'shani Rav Nachman, v'nikol mirmi galal klal. Says Gemara, what are you talking about? We only asked the stira on Galal before Rav Nachman gave his answer, before Rav Nachman explained that, uh, that Galal doesn't have Shavach. Once we already answered that Galal doesn't have Shavach, so then of course we're not going to ask the stira. So don't bring any raya from, from what we asked. What we asked is before we recognized the whole Shavach din, the whole Indian of Shavach. Says Maybe this machlok is between Rav and Ziri, whether we make the knas of, uh, of Shivcho, Atugufo, is really a machlok as Tanaim. Star shakasa in, in the following case. Star shakasa bo ribis. Let's say you have a star that's, uh, that, that, that there's ribis, that it charges interest in the star. So the halach is konsonoso. We make a knas veino gove, loas the keren veloas ha ribis. You can't collect anything with that star. You can't collect the keren, nor can you collect the ribis. Now you lend someone money, you're allowed to collect the money that you lent him. It's only the ribis that you're not allowed to collect. So don't you see it's exactly the same machlokas? If you say that you're like Ziiri, that you only make a knas on the Shavach, so then you'll say like the Cham, you only make a knas on the Ribis. If you say like Rav, we make a knas both on the Shavach and the Guv, so over here you'll say you'll make a knas on the Ribis and the, the, uh, the, 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 the Karen. Says more, Lema Rav, Dama Krabi Meir, Ziiri, Dama Krabbanan. Says more, no, Amalach Rav, Anadam Rafi, Rabbanan. I who make a knas both on the Guv and the Shavach, I'll even agree with the Rabbanan that the guy is allowed to collect his keren. The Rabbanan only, only allowed you to collect the keren because it was totally mutter to lend the keren and collect that. But over here, in the case where you left something out in the Rosh Hashanah, the damage is happening from the stuff that you left in the Rosh Hashanah, from the keren. And that's why we're able to make a knas on the guf itself, because the guf is actually what's doing the damage. I also could agree even with Rameir. might say that we make the knas over there on everything and that you lose even the keren because as soon as a guy wrote a star where he's lending money, Almanas to collect ribis, the whole thing was be'isr. The whole thing is an isudaraisa. The whole deal is an isudaraisa. But when you leave things out of Shasham, 
you don't know that it's going to cause any damage. There's no the, no iser that's been that's been set up. Tulsa's writes in the name of the re that according to a mayor that you're not allowed to collect even the keren. Um, that's even if the lova is moda that he owes it. And uh, you don't even need the star, or even if other Adim come and say that he owes the money, still you're not allowed to collect anything. But those goes from the Rivam, that our mayor's knas is only not to collect from the Chasim Mishubadim, but from the Chasim Bedechorin, you are allowed to collect. That this Davka Adin in the star, that it's the star that we cancel, but the loan itself we're not going to cancel. If someone owes you money, he owes you money, so that he's still going to have to pay. Uh, the, 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 that's what it sounds like from, from the Rashba as well, that it's only Davka Din in the Mishubadim, and the Rashba proves it from the fact that the whole Machlok's from Meir Lecham is only about a star. Why do they have to say a case of a star? Who said anything? Why don't you just say, I lend you money with ribbons? And there's a, there should then be a machlokas tanaim. Am I allowed to collect the money itself? Uh, I know I'm not allowed to collect the ribbons, but am I, am I allowed to collect the, the carrot? Why do they have a machlokas? I wrote a star. I lent you money with a star with ribbons. It must be because it's only an issue about a star where you might collect from Mishubadim. And that's what we're saying, that you're not going to be able to collect. If you make this kanas, you're not going to be able to collect from Mishubadim. But from Nechasim and Echarin, you will be able to collect from. Says Maybe this this machlokas Ravinzi Iri is really matches another machlokas Tanaim. Leimakani Tanaim. Maybe it matches a, a, another machlokas Tanaim that's more on point to what we're discussing, uh, where the Tanaim say as follows: You take out your straw and your hay to the Rosh Hashanah to make menorah out of it. Someone gets hurt by it. You have to pay for the damages. And anyone who comes and takes it has the rights to it. Anything that uh, can do damage or does damage, you have to pay. And anyone who wants to take it can take it, and it's it's permissible to steal. So this is the, our Mishnah, right? The Tanakam and Rishul but it's a steer. Amir kol kodem and zacha. On the one hand, we say everyone's allowed to take it. Vatikamar asur mishum gezel. And then we say that it's asur mishum gezel. What do you mean? If you're allowed to take it, then it's not asur mishum gezel. So elalav hachikamar. Now this is what we're trying to say. Bekol kodem and zacha b'shivchan. Now what it's coming to say is that anyone who wants to take it can take it. But what's it? The shavach, whatever it went up in value. That's Gufan, that's the original item, the original value that was left there. And then, argues on the Tanakhama and says, that if someone wants to take even Gufan, they could take that as well. So you see that it's a Machlokas Tanaim. The Machlokas Ziri and Rav is a Machlokas Tanaim. Says Gemara, Ziri would tell you, yes, that's exactly how to read the Mishnah, that is exactly the Machlokas Tanaim. But Larav, Milema does Rav really have to say it's Machlokas Tanaim? Rav, Rav might read the Mishnah as follows. He might tell you that everyone would agree that, that, that it's all fair game, that people could take the guf and the shavach as well. Meaning the shavach and the guf as well. Over here, the question is are we allowed to go publicly paskin that way? Is this one of those halachas that you don't want to tell people because you're afraid that it's going to sound like you're telling them they're allowed to steal and then who knows where else they're going to apply that? That's the real machlokas in the Mishnah. Is this the kind of thing that, that is halacha ve'in morin kain or is it a 
halacha umorin came. That's what the, he's saying. That kolakodem and zacha, even gufan is bidiyeved. And uh, they, when we say that that, that, that only uh, only the shavach, that's lechadchila the shavach. Any frak the gemara of Rav Huna afker chushli. Rav Huna was mafkir um, peeled uh, barley that a person had left out on Rosh Hashanah to dry, and Rav Huna was mafkir and said, "Whoever wants to come take it, come take it." So what's the problem? Rav Huna is the guy that said halacha ve'ein morin kain that you're not allowed to pass in this way. Yet Rav Huna. Paskin this way. He was just mafkir. Whoever wants to come take it, come take it. Ravad Barava, afkir slikusta. And Ravad Barava was mafkir slikusta. So he also uh, held this way that you're allowed to go and take it. So Bishlam Ravad Barava, Kishmaiti. Ravad Barava, that's not a problem because he's the one that said Allah Morin came. So we're okay with that. El Ravuna, Lema Adarbe. But it sounds like Ravuna changed his mind. Says Mara Hanhu Mutarin Havu. Those things, that, Musrin Havu, rather. That guy, in the case of Ravuna, was warned many times. Don't leave that stuff out there and he kept on doing it so that's why Rav Huna was mafkir but under normal circumstances Rav Huna would have said halacha ve'en morin came okay Be'ezusham tomorrow we'll pick up with the Mishnah on Daf Lamed Aleph